Hey everybody, Yislike here. Thanks for tuning in today. Before we start the episode, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by A Thousand Dreams, a developing adult liberal arts curriculum that celebrates transgression in most of its forms. Currently, the curriculum is comprised of a daily blog, four weekly podcasts, weekly multimedia lectures, a book vlog, lots of extra content on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and a Patreon that includes exclusive content and early access to much of our regular content. You can access all of our content, including a link to our Patreon, from our central hub at a thousanddreams.org. Please send comments and questions about the curriculum to a thousanddreams.org at gmail.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome to Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm Yislike Rockadopolis. And I'm Lance Rockadopolis. And today's episode is the first of a two-parter about our recent visits to a Denver Swingers Club called the Scarlet Ranch. We had been hearing about the Scarlet Ranch for a couple of years, and several times Lance expressed an interest in checking it out. But Lance is a lot more sexually adventurous than I am in some ways, not in all ways. And I was hesitant. But COVID was coming to an end, and we were both really itching to get out into the world. So at that point, going anywhere felt like a potential adventure. So Lance bought us a couple of memberships, and we got the tickets for Kink Night, which is one of their monthly events that they have most weekends. And I read a bunch of reviews online, and they were all very conflicting. I basically learned nothing from the reviews. Hmm. And I was pretty nervous about the whole thing, but we did it. And it was pretty much nothing like what either of us had imagined that it would be. In order to provide some kind of structure to the episode... I devised a rating system to gauge how I was feeling throughout the night. A scale from minus five to plus five. Minus five meaning that I wanted to run screaming from the place. Zero being neutral. And plus meaning I was ready to fuck anybody at any time. Right. I was that into it. So would you say it's a horniness meter? I wouldn't say that. No. (laughs) Sounds like it to me. But I mean, that's what I thought was the purpose of a swingers club, right? I thought it was a place where people go to meet people and then to just fuck them right there on site. But anyway, as the saying goes, man plans and God laughs. So what we're going to do is play clips from our recordings at the ranch and add commentary here and there where appropriate. So without further ado, off we go. So, we are now driving to the Scarlet Ranch. This is a first time for both of us at a swingers club. They call it a resort, I think. They call it a resort. Very well. 
we'll see exactly what we think about it. Uh-huh. So on a scale of negative five to five right now, I'm a, I'm like a negative one. Oh, right. Really? Well, I'm feeling trepidatious. Oh, okay. Mainly because it's it's something new. <laughs> I'm reminded of that Seinfeld episode where he's like protesting he doesn't want to be a swinger or <laughs> what was that? And clothes and <laughs> have shaggy carpets in my apartment. Right. I mean, because everything that we've heard about swingers is from the 70s. Based on my experience with previous kink events, I knew that the actual experience would be much tamer than my expectations. In fact, the first kink event that I ever went to was at a, quote, spanking party. When I got there, I was kind of surprised to see that people were just sitting around eating junk food and socializing and not much spanking was going on. Okay, so we got to the Scarlet Ranch at about six, and on the front lawn, there was a big statue of a grizzly bear. It was a little worse for wear, but fairly realistic, and actually pretty friendly looking. It felt like kind of a nice welcome to me. Uh, What did we see in the lobby? Yeah, leading into the place, they had like those heaters, those outdoor heaters that um, people usually sit by at a restaurant. Um, Yeah, and this was in the front of the building. Yeah, big big giant flames shooting out. So it was kind of impressive from the outside. It was a little fancier than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. So Lance started doing the membership paperwork. We'd gotten the membership online, but we had to fill out a bunch of paperwork in person when we got there. There were a dozen or so people in the lobby. It was pretty early. And the bar, there's a really long bar right in the lobby there. It's like they want you drinking as soon as you walk <laughs> through the door, even though they're not making money off of the drinks, which is weird. It's, right. Right. It's, they have a pouring service. Right. It's specifically bring your own booze, which we did. We brought a, a half bottle of uh, Jameson. Yep. Which got drank up real fast. There were a lot of nice leather chairs and sofas scattered around the lobby. There were like trophy heads up on the wall. It was all like rustic wood finishings around. It looked very much like a mountain lodge. So we start looking through the membership rules and we were shocked to find out that no nudity is allowed. That was kind of shocking. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this place might be too conservative for us. So in all the, the bylaws and the various rules for membership, no nudity and no sex was allowed on the premises. So while he's doing all the paperwork, I'm sitting on one of the nice leather sofas and I'm noticing there are a lot of very happy, cheerful looking women just hanging out, you know, waiting for the festivities to start. There was actually um, a leather community monthly birthday banquet in the dining room that was finishing up just as we got there. Mm. And so I thought that, that was interesting. I thought that there was the motorcycle club that frequents the place. They have a group that gets together on motorcycle rides, and I thought that that's who they were. Hmm. I just assumed by quote-unquote motorcycle club that it was leather, but yeah, you could be right. So when we got all registered and set up, we went to a table where kinky implements were being sold. I assumed that that was because it was kink night. So there was a long folding table and there was a nice woman standing behind it selling 
very light floggers with, you know, sort of pinky kind of colors, uh, very girly, some collars, some BDSM jewelry, regular jewelry. Yeah, yeah. but they, they had little tchotchkes, little dust collectors, I call them. Kinky tchotchkes? Yes. That's a nice term. Yeah, and she was really nice, chatted with us a little bit. I mean, the stuff at that table kind of offended my personal sensibilities, but I'm not going to hold that against <laughs> anyone, at least not at that point in the evening. Well, what do you mean by that? That's that's a curious statement. I mean, was it was it too feminine? The aesthetics of it pointed to values that are not necessarily my values as a kinkster. It was fine. Mm. I mean, I think they were designed to be sold to people who were dabbling. I see. That is um, my opinion. So they weren't serious tools. They were more toys. I don't know if I'd put it that way, but yeah, they weren't serious tools by my standards, which I would never, ever want to ever impose on anyone else. Quite an interesting place. It's definitely more upscale than the clubs that we've been Definitely in. It reminds me of the Rocky Mountain Golf, National Golf Course where I went to a wedding reception once and where I want us to have our wedding reception. Oh, nice. When I think about when I plan where we're going to have our wedding reception, it looks a lot like this. Yeah, this one's located in, uh, can we say Highlands Ranch? It's, it's a residential development. It's got a nice state park right nearby. But the vibe here is very chill, very laid back, kind of a country club feel. They have a little aviary, cabanas, volleyball net, and a big giant teepee that I'm looking forward to checking out a little later. So then we were greeted by a manager. He basically showed us around presented all the different features there's a dance room next to a bunch of dining tables and apparently they've got some pretty good food served there at the restaurant they also have a pool room where people can just like chill out and have a relaxing time drinking conversing with friends then we went downstairs where we were shown different little cubby rooms um, yeah, covered like, by a, like a cloth. It was basically like a big bathroom stall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With, um, with, with just a bed in with, it. With like a miniature bed in it. Yeah, or yeah. like a sleeper car, but big, right. like room enough for like four people on mm -hmm. the bed. And then another room in the downstairs area was a large open space with lots of, I wouldn't call them beds, but... They were like big Ottomans all smashed together into mm -hmm. sort of a, a large, sort of <sighs> ambiguous bed Ottoman situation. Right. And you get the sense that that's where the orgies, if they ever happen, occur. Hmm. Um, in the dungeon. Interesting. In the BDSM room. Right. And Yislike mentions that because they had two St. Andrew's crosses there as well as a spanking bench. Did they also have one of those tables there? I think they had like a massage table in there as well. Okay. Besides that, we were told that they were building a communal shower room. I think then he showed us upstairs and presented a little bit of the backyard area, but he pretty much left us on our own to explore that. Yes, during the tour, 
as the manager was presenting all the amenities, I, I got the sense that they were continuously striving to improve and to make the members very comfortable. So I read a bunch of reviews earlier today and it was like half of them were like, this is such a great place. We love it here. And then the other half were like, this place sucks. It's disgusting. It's dirty. It's grungy. The people are all ugly and old. Old maybe because that's like relative, but it's not dirty or grungy at all. The downstairs sex part does smell a lot like farts, which someone had mentioned there was kind of a gross smell down there, but Lance can't smell it. <laughs> Other than that, it's really nice here. It's extremely nice. So now I have just a little bit of Jameson in me, and I'm already like at a two. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, wow, like there's some much. lovely blondes here. And you went from a negative two to a two. Yeah, in like 10 minutes. It was the Jameson. It's dangerous. Um, they kind of put us off with their application in that they had statements there that um, said that we're not allowed to walk around naked or have sex in open public or anywhere on the premises. Um, but um, we'll see exactly what the locals do. Yeah, what could they mean by that when we're at a swingers club where everybody goes to have sex? And I've also, like, I mean, I read a bunch of reviews and they said that lots of people were walking around naked, so... And the place looks like it's built for sex. <laughs> They've got plenty of places to lie down and just go to town. Yeah, there was that really cute blonde in the lobby. She mm. smiled at me. Oh, nice. Yeah. We're right now away from the main building in a corner of the, I don't know, what would you call this, big backyard? It seems to me that everything here is designed to make people feel very comfortable, mm -hmm. um, which is why would anybody not want to feel comfortable? <laughs> I hope I don't get totally sick from this. Like, I don't, neither of us have our masks on. The mask <laughs> mandate has been lifted, but he's... Been fully vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. And I, I haven't been fully vaccinated. Right, but you do have one shot in you, and that's supposedly like 90% effective. Effective, not defective. Effective. I okay. said e effective. Okay. And that looks like a chicken coop. I don't know what that is. I'd be interested to know how much BDSM goes on on non-kink nights we're attending a kink event and apparently there's going to be some kind of demonstrations later on but i'd be interested to know how often those two saint andrew crosses get used yeah but that's really enough like that's plenty of furniture in my opinion other than that i mean this that's is just my personal opinion it's anything more than a spanking bench and a bondage cross is a gimmick that's my that could be me being a stodgy old curmudgeon <laughs> maybe a bit of a purist but yeah that's pretty much all that we used at the sex dungeons that we've visit um anyway so it'll do for us a sex dungeon is something that you have at your residence. Fine, I'm new to the scene, I guess. You're not, not new to the scene. <laughs> Those are BDSM clubs, they aren't sex dungeons. BDSM to me is sex. It's right. an expression of sex. 
Now you're all emboldened because we are in a sex club now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think the reason why everyone thinks that those sex dungeons, BDSM clubs, called them what you will, why some people call them grungy is because they are located in industrial areas. They're basically located next to warehouses, factories, and things like that, whereas this place is located on the periphery of a high-end residential area. Yeah. That clip was interesting to me. Um, It shows the importance of language to you. Um, You were a former professor of English, and sometimes it comes out in our discussions. You get very parsnickety about... Parsnickety? Like parsnips? (laughs) You get very persnickety about the use of language Um, and there's a $10 word. Yeah. So I guess my persnickettiness is sometimes perhaps a a form of emotional sadism. And I do feel like as a Dom that I should be able to get away with being that way with, with Lance at least, you know what I mean? Um, But I don't know that he feels that way. I don't know that he gets that special subby lovey feeling when I correct his grammar. I just noticed something interesting. They have on their fence a sign that says electric fence. I'm not sure how true that is. It's probably just a deterrent. I don't know why. I think you should go over there and touch it. That's what you really want to do. Yes, master. Right right away. No. No? No. You're not serious? I'm totally not serious. Jesus. <laughs> Obeying your master is not the right thing to do. Okay, so yeah, I kind of regret not making you touch that fence. Um, I did research electric fences and how much damage they could cause, and they can actually cause a fair amount of damage to old people and children, and you don't want to put your head on it. So even though I kind of wish I had made you do it, I also know that it would have been potentially actually dangerous depending on how you touched it. (laughs) To me, it looked very harmless. Yeah. And I'm kind of persnickety about engineering, and it definitely did not seem like it was functional. Fair enough. This is a good sign. They've got rabbits all over the yard, procreating like rabbits. Yeah, so they're playing Rick James right now, which that I'm not sure how that can be taken as an omen, but uh, he did. First of all, Super Freak is a great song. Rick James was a genius but he did kidnap a girl and like chain her up to the radiator and he and his girlfriend or wife did very non-consensual things to her for the weekend hmm. or so i'm just saying so was alleged no no it definitely happened i'm just not sure how long they okay. had her so that's bad but it is something that we might want to role play at some point just saying oh certainly <laughs> so now it's eight o'clock and I think we're out here in this big, beautiful yard all by ourselves. Let's adjourn to the inside. See what's going on in there? So at this point, we decided to go downstairs and check out what was taking place in the dungeon area. There were a few people down in the dungeon, not that many at that point. And there is a woman standing between the two bondage crosses. She told us that she was doing the tasting for a kink night. 
Do you remember how she was dressed? No, I have no memory of that. Do you? Um, I thought she was dressed rather plain clothes, nothing fancy, no mistress outfit, nothing leather or latex. What she said to us was that normally her boyfriend did the impact play tasting, but that he couldn't make it that night, so she mm-hmm. was taking his place. She had a curious statement about kink in general. She basically said she wanted to make kink more accessible and not strange or weird were the terms that I believe she mentioned. She said that one of the bondage crosses was reserved for her and for the tastings, but that we could use them if no one was around, um, which was kind of disappointing because she was getting paid to do that, you know, and I really didn't want to interfere. So... We looked around the dungeon and went back upstairs. And so we go back outside and Lance wanted to check out the teepee. So we ducked in and there was a really nice, attractive couple in their 30s sitting on one of the sofas in there. It was big. It was Mm -hmm. big for a teepee. And they were very welcoming and very social and friendly. They seemed like they were probably regulars. It seemed to me like that was their favorite spot in the whole place. He mentioned that that is where the magic happens it did seem like later on that there was quite a bit of magic happening there actually as a matter of fact Mm -hmm. there was also a huge flat screen monitor with a close-up of a woman masturbating with her fingers it was just a a lot going on with her Mm -hmm. you know really this huge vagina gazing down on us as we as we talked to this couple yeah there's basically comfortable sofa couches around the perimeter a fire pit. and a fire pit in the middle yeah even though it was like 85 degrees out but the ambiance you know mm-hmm. for some reason this was one of my highlights for the evening but at one point an attractive woman maybe in her 60s ducked into the tp just to check it out mm-hmm. uh she said she was visiting from connecticut and tonight was her last night in colorado She was very fit and youthful, and she dressed in a conservative but a very sexy way. She had a nice little linen skirt and a nice silk blouse that Mm -hmm. was very low cut. Very low cut. (laughs) Yeah. She had nice, very, very elegantly coiffed silver hair. She basically looked and had the vibe of someone from one of those swinger movies in the 70s. There was one that was called... Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. It was obviously about some kind of swinger couple. And there was also a movie in the 90s about that era mm-hmm. that had swinging going on. It was called The Ice Storm. And it's it's just uncanny how well she fit my mental image of what an upper-class swinger from Connecticut would look like. And my astonishment and delight in, in that short appearance by this magical mm-hmm. fictional character <laughs> who is real... That happened even before I took a hit off the joint that I would have. Our conversation with this other couple was very interesting. It was kind of meandering, but um, very interesting topics. We talked about um, masculinity, how men behave. We talked about sexuality in general. We talked about toys, sexual toys that um, both Yislike and I and um, they were using and they they were particularly interested in our power exchange relationship. So we talked about that for a while. They expressed that they 
had dabbled in power exchange and that they were looking to do more of it and how they might want to go to some of the local public dungeons. And um, they seemed very cool and very into sex. She demoed some, very lightly demoed some of the toys that she Mm -hmm. had. It was cool. And they were very cannabis oriented. Okay, we just had an experience in the teepee room. (laughs) Unexpected. Uh, Yeah, we met um, some nice people. I talked to them for quite a while. Um, Then the marijuana came out. Um, Me not being experienced at all in marijuana, (laughs) I didn't know what they were talking about, but Dr. Rockadopoulos seemed to... um, enjoy the conversation so she decided to partake in one hit of what um, this gentleman was having to offer and about I'd say 10-15 minutes later um, was, that, was that really 10 or 15 yeah, minutes? It might be a little longer because I partook my sense of time is currently distorted I see Yes, I also had a couple of shots of whiskey so that I forgot about that it was two things. Oh, yeah. We had double shot of whiskey, so yeah, you're right. But how are you feeling now? I mean... A little is... paranoid. I'm, I'm okay. Okay. Um, but it completely changed this... I Like, I'm concerned that I might not be able... Like, I might not want to play with him downstairs if oh. I'm still high. And then... So it's literally been 17 to 20 years since I have gotten since I've well smoked a joint anyway mm-hmm. which is what that was a joint with tobacco in it is there a name for that yeah I'm sure there is but um, yeah. it looked it looked very classy a lot better yeah, than the uh, paper say, ones yeah we were in a teepee did you say that, that we yes, were in a yes teepee? Okay. I did with a big porn movie playing in the background mm-hmm. lots of touching of the clitoris okay so the people we met were very nice and and sociable. like very, very sociable I did take a hit of, on a, off of a joint with tobacco in it, and Lance did not, which was very wise. <laughs> and I was tempted, though. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm very glad that you didn't. This is not for future reference because I wanted you to. This is not a good place for you to get high. For us both to be high at the same Especially time. Especially the first time. Right with me high, and I mean, I mean, it's fine. I'm not. I. It's not the porn part of the whole thing, but it's just like. How long does a marijuana My high personality. last? <laughs> a while. So, so here's the thing. So, <laughs> you are more touchy feely right now. Okay, am I? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, good. That's interesting. That's the alcohol. <laughs> a little more giggly. I can't gi- remember. Giggly. What I was going to say I can't remember. What you, was I going to say? You were talking about that it's not a good place to get high together. <laughs> Right, because there are people around and we're mm-hmm. not at home. Like, if we were to really get high together, mm-hmm. then um, that would be at your apartment and it would be just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm trying, attempted to do what he was doing and, and roll his own joints with, with tobacco in it. Because you like tobacco. I do. I can definitely taste the tobacco. Uh-huh. Was there tobacco in the joint? Um, Did he I roll don't, it? I don't think so. I think it was just um, a joint rolled in with a tobacco leaf. Okay, cool. What else? I... Yeah, we were having a good conversation, and then all of a sudden, 
you made an excuse to leave. Right, because I was getting paranoid. About what? What, what, what was the expression of that paranoia? So, like, what was I afraid of? Yes. <laughs> I, I think I was just paranoid that I just, I mean, w- I don't know, reveal something? Hmm. Even though we talked about our roles and everything. Yeah, we were pretty open. We talked about the fact that I was a submissive and basically her dislikes slave and she was the dominant sadist. And we did mention those terms. Yeah, how did that make you feel? I'm fine with that. I I wanted to get into more of a discussion about um, what he meant about teaching men how to behave. Um, but that, converse, oh. that conversation kind of drifted. Teaching men how to behave. Yeah, men, basically men dominant men and submissive men because there is, a, is apparently a problem and I, I recognize it sometimes, but in my opinion, submissive men act worse than some of the dominant men. How so? Well, their dominant men seem less needy, more accommodating, more willing to serve the submissive female, whereas the submissive man is typically very needy and wanting and comes across as like demanding needy as far as getting their needs met like do oh, me yeah. subs oh that's that's called selfish yeah selfish Everybody's do me subs a needy right but what i'm talking about is sexual needs and what their wants and desires are as right. opposed to what the people that they're supposedly su- submitting to and service serving I think we need to get some food in you really yeah even though I might you know my gut my diverticulosis is okay could be acting <laughs> anyway we were talking about what we were doing in the teepee mm-hmm. and now we're not in the teepee and it's very nice still out here Kind of and and I really cool. derailed the the entire narrative of this experience by just taking like one hit that was <laughs> partly tobacco. Yeah, after. Um, yeah, so that's going to be something that we're going to have to deal with. So going into this experience, I I was very interested in finding out how people interact with each other at a swingers club, um, and. I basically was a little disappointed because I didn't see that many couples interacting with each other. With other couples, you mean? Exactly. And I guess this next clip speaks to that. Yeah, so we went to the dining room and we did some dancing, which was very exciting for me. I hadn't been dancing in a few years. I love to go dancing at various clubs. Um, It was really fun, although... I was quite inebriated, and so it was embarrassing. I was kind of dancing like a little bit like a drunk, and that made me <laughs> self-conscious. But we were like the only people on the dance floor for most of the time. The, the dining room was pretty empty. Right. And then we had dinner, and um, that was very nice. And I was still in a frame of mind that wasn't 100% comfortable. So we're sitting here in the... Scarlet Ranch Dining Hall. It's very loud. We've got a dance floor right nearby. Uh, the bar is well appointed with three large TV screens. Um, my master has just ordered me to 
order for us, and <laughs> I'm kind of uncomfortable about that because I've never done that before, and it it's gonna seem like I'm ordering myself a nice sandwich and ordering her a Caesar salad. Are you saying that that is somehow like me, like you saying that I need, I can't eat like real food because I'm a woman? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's how it's going to come across. And for the little lady, it's going to be one le- lettuce leaf, please. Based on a scale of minus five to five, I'm going to say that I'm at a zero. Oh, really? No joke. Yes. Why? It was taking a hit of, of that joint. Okay. And so it kind of like threw me a little bit. Also relaxed me, and I am having sort of a more interesting experience than I might have had. Okay. I'm just looking at all the women uh, walking around bare-breasted and in pasties. Fine. Fine. I'm kind of distracted. Okay, we're looking at a couple on the... Sort of on the dance floor. She's sitting down up, uh, on a bench, and he is basically entertaining her by what looks like her, him giving her a lap dance. Right, but you neglected to mention the most important part. Yes, he is collared and leashed and has his shirt off, as do I right now, as my mistress has ordered me to take my shirt off. He is giving her a lot of attention. Wow, okay, a yes. A lot, a lot of attention. He, he, he's now giving her cunnilingus right there. I don't think so. I think he was just kissing the inside of her thigh. Okay, just a second ago, I think he was actually doing it. I'm trying to figure out how the actual swinger dynamic works. It doesn't appear conducive, or at least it doesn't appear that many couples are mingling with each other. They're just pretty much staying together on their own, talking to each other. It's it's just interesting, like, how does the swinging germinate and, and, and take it downstairs to where the action happens? After dinner, we went down to have our play session. Oh yeah, I, I remember, I needed to get all our toys from the coat check room. There was an interesting character in the Kochek room that uh, I failed to mention, but a trans woman, um, you know, handing people their toys and coats and jackets and th- and the like. And so an employee? An, an employee, yes. Very personable, very friendly. Okay. Was the only thing that was interesting about her the fact that she was a trans woman? Pretty much, Yes. That's very Republican of you. Oh, thank you. Very Republican of me. Is that why I got the whipping that I got? Okay. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> exactly. Um, we had a little play session downstairs. We went down the stairs, and it was quite a different experience from the previous two times earlier in the day. The place was actually packed with humanity. It was kind of hot and I had the distinct thought that I was going to catch COVID from from this uh, gathering, even though I have been vaccinated. There were women lying down on benches getting massages. Again, there was the dom that we previously mentioned. She was 
she was basically waiting around for someone to want a flogging or whipping or whatever they wanted. Being that the crosses were open, we um, asked her if it was acceptable to jump on it, and uh, she said, sure. You then restrain me to it. Um, We have our own cuffs and bondage equipment, so you broke out all of our flogging instruments. We have a flogger, we have a single tail, and we have a snake whip that I believe you used me on that night. Um, I used you on them, yes, that's exactly (laughs) right. Very well put, actually. It was kind of nerve-wracking to have all those people watching us. Um, but I didn't mind it. I'm a bit of an exhibitionist. Yeah, so when I was done beating on him for a while, I just set the toys down and walked away. I didn't. I was feeling very claustrophobic. I was a little bit COVID-phobic at that point. And, um, Maybe still a little paranoid from the marijuana? I'm sure that was playing into it as well. And so I just sort of strode away as dumbly as possible. And uh, then... Basically... Not a mic drop, but a whip drop. Yeah. And then um, I waited on some couch upstairs for you to, to mm. be done. And then you came up and said that like people were, were champing at the bit to try to get on the cross after we left. Exactly. Well, yeah. while, while I was cleaning up the cross, there were basically people just tapping their feet, <laughs> expecting to get on as soon as possible. So we are back in the car and we are heading home. What is it, about 11? And... That was very, very different from what I expected. It seems like you had a similar experience. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. It definitely seems like everyone was there was smiling mm-hmm. and really like had not just like, not like fake smiling, but like open body language. Mm. You know, everybody just seemed really very Some glad people to were there. posturing. Were they? Yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can tell it from the men especially. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was funny when you had me stand in the corner. One woman came up to me and said, uh, it looks like I'm peeing in the corner. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> that was fun, though. It was, yeah. Uh... And we got a play session in that we were sort of allowed to use one of the bondage crosses. Apparently, kink night is a night when only you can do kink demos in, in the mm. kinky part of town. So this concludes part one of our discussion of the Scarlet Ranch. Next week's episode will be about our second visit, and we'll also do some ruminating on the cultural differences between swingers and kinksters, and about what makes the Scarlet Ranch such a desirable place to hang out. Until then, have a great week.